Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio again. It's just me. I'm Han Solo today, but I do have a special guest with me, uh, someone who I've been able to to meet, I guess, in a couple of years now, yeah. even though uh, it was kind of during COVID, and so our conversations, unfortunately, were gravitating towards that whole experience there, but uh, I've got Rob Perry with me today. Rob, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. It's great to be able to see you. Ah, yes, yes. Um, and Rob, you are in Raleigh, North Carolina, correct? Or a suburb of North, uh, Raleigh? No, you got it right. Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. Like Raleigh proper? Yeah, still Raleigh. I'm not in Wake Forest. I'm not in Gary Duke. Yeah, yeah. See, all of those like I, I, I've heard those names, but I don't know, you know, geographically uh, where they are and and kind of how closely. It's kind of like as I'm sitting here talking about DFW with you, yeah. Dallas, Fort Worth, and the highways and everything that's else. Right. Yeah, that's good, man. Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say people usually know Chapel Hill, Durham, or Raleigh. And yeah, I am in Raleigh. Awesome. Awesome. And the name of your church? Is Life Point Christian Church. That's right. Life Point Christian Church. Uh, and I think that's actually our first call. I think you were actually, uh, no, I think, no, you were, uh, b- before you were going to run at home, and then I had talked to you, you had a call because you guys have a that's center right. and mm-hmm. a lot of life and activity going on, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but I, I've got Rob on uh, today because uh, much like other podcasts that we've had, uh, like Dave, for example, here most recently, but uh, just, you know, brothers, uh who pastors across the country and the world for that matter that are doing uh, a lot of ministry that uh, we don't hear, we don't see. There's not a large platform, um, you know, where there, there's not a bunch of TikTok posts, Instagram, Facebook, you know, it's just, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, but it's happening nonetheless. And uh, so just like we've had those conversations, likewise, Rob definitely has kind of his story and kind of how he's run uh, the course of biblical counseling and the journey that the Lord has had him on as far as counseling is concerned and how that's impacted his ministry over the years as a pastor. Um, and then I'll let him speak into some of those nuances and details in that. But uh, just, you know, going from corporate America, um, being in those environments to moving into the church context, and then kind of, all right, what's going on here? Maybe I need to go back to the to the work environment, but uh, just kind of, yeah. So Rob, just, man, if you want to introduce yourself, just, uh, you know, personal information, family, you know, we all got our families and, and uh, you know, kind of the, the influence that that's had on us, but then just getting into ministry and at LifePoint. Yeah. 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 I'll do that. Again, Rob Perry, wife, Kim Perry, and uh, we've been married. It's 33 years. Um, Man. Yes. 33 years. Um, and we have two children, Elizabeth and Nick. They are both married. They live in the Raleigh. One lives in Durham. And Empty nesters, huh? We are. And, nice. Uh, we love it, uh, but we also love ha- having our children around and we get to see them. Often. That is a blessing. Grandkids, yeah? Uh, not yet. Okay, no, all right. No, but we're just loving to get uh, meeting their spouses and getting to know them more and more, and we, yeah. we do love them. Um, but yeah, we, we love the, the empty nest um, and enjoy. Been in ministry for about 14 years, as, as you alluded to. Uh, I, I did software for uh, 16 years uh, with IBM, and uh, the Lord called me out of that. It was a very clear call. The ministry field was at IBM for many years. It's just kind of same mission, just different place. So I've been at the church for about 14 years, uh, wore many hats, uh, came in as small groups, pastor, campus pastor, a lot of discipleship, uh, pastoral counseling. Ooh, do I want to get into some of that? <laughs> and then just really uh, got a heart for helping equip others 
in this discipleship continuum. Yeah. There's a real heart for that. And that's kind of where you and I connected about yep. two and a half years ago, just yeah. uh, where Lord just helped me to see things. And then I just wanted it so bad and quickly. Um, and that's I, the heart, man. That, well, we can yeah, come back to that, but that, that yeah, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. And so um, just being, feel blessed to be able to play that out in the context here at LifePoint and in the community. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and it kind of like what uh, you were alluding to there uh, a moment ago, just in our previous conversations, because at the time I was a discipleship pastor, um, and then now currently I'm actually um, executive director of Truth Renewed. I transitioned out of um, that role at the church as discipleship pastor, moving into this role just because uh, we were growing at such a rate. And uh, my wife was trying to be an executive director of two organizations. Yeah, I can't do that long term. But uh, nonetheless, that was kind of the situation we were in. But uh, yeah, so man, moving from that though, and just understanding discipleship and counseling, I think that was one of the, early on one of the things that I, I you know really wrestled with because I like a conversation that we were having yesterday in a, in a panel that we were uh, speaking into is in the, in the context. You know, with every context, there's a vernacular of terms and language and communication and that's one of those barriers right now where counseling versus discipleship. And we would obviously argue is, I can't say this anymore because it's not the presidency, but as a pastor uh, or has been in, you know, in a pastoral role where, you know, the, 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 the call and emphasis is on discipleship very explicitly. But within that is care, right? Um, so when Jesus says in the Great Commission, teaching them everything that I've commanded you or observe all, you know, everything that I've commanded you, um, that teaching there and that, that whole point, like that's really what we're doing in counseling. So it, it really is, those terms are synonymous with each other. It's just depending on the environment. And the reason why there might be a slight nuance to that categorically even is because in one context, it's happening informally and the other context it's happening formally. Counseling's happening in both contexts, but just, you know, the intentionality, um, you know, one context may be a little more issue specific. In other words, the whole purpose of somebody coming into my office at a designated time, designated space is to speak to specific issues and things going on. And all I'm trying to do as a disciple of Christ is disciple them with the word through their stuff. And so there is sort of this fog. Um, I've, I've heard uh, pastors say if there's a, if there's a mist in the pulpit, there's a fog in the, you know, in the, in the congregation or in the pews. Um, and, and there's a there's a lot of truth to that, right? And so I think as the biblical counseling, um, and then obviously within our culture and how psychologized and everybody has to be specialized in something. So there's a lot of moving parts and dynamics to understanding that. And I think for the sake of the church, we would do well to help everybody realize that you no know, discipleship and counseling is one and the same. Mm-hmm. In the same way that repentance and faith is the same coin, it really is. Again, Jesus, you know, he didn't have categories formal and informal and nuances like that. He just did ministry, right? right? But for us, in our context and the way that we move and do things, we we do have to sort of operate orderly speaking in those sorts of environments and contexts so that we can make delineations, if that makes sense. Any thoughts on that, Rob? Yeah, even there's so many different terms, right? You you hear biblical counsel, soul care, gospel care. Uh, But again, it's it's kind of the discipleship continuum, and you're trying to help people love the Lord and love one another. And they've got life situations happening, and we know God's story. (laughs) We're trying to get to know their story. And 
and that happens in relationship and the relationships are happening in so many different contexts. And like you said, informal and formal, and we have the ability to be able to speak and help connect people with our Lord, right. and his word and the spirit. And so that, that, that's where the passion is. Yeah. Um, and just love being able to help one learn and grow myself yeah. and then just to share that with others. Yeah. And just a final thought and then we can kind of move yeah. how like that's impacted your personal ministry yeah. at the church and then just even more personally in that way. But, um, just to that point of kind of moving within those environments, you know, as believers, you know, the, Going back to the Great Commission, as you go, the going, right, uh, the participle, the the you know the imperative to move forward as we're going, as we're doing life, we're teaching these things. But again, in some cases, it's not like I entered into a moment with the you know I'm going to teach this person this. It's just like the Lord provided an opportunity to minister. But again, like I mentioned before, that uh, in other podcasts and then even just in conversation, that these formal moments inform the informal moments. Mm. You know, that's the whole purpose of it, right? Because even in the church context, from a leadership cultivating kind of equipping piece of of it, if you will, is we're trying to get leaders who clearly they have a competency of Scripture, they've got the character to go along with the competency, they've got those pieces that, they, that they're, they're visible, they're seen. So we're like, you know, at the staff level, hey, dude, uh, or uh, Sister in Christ, or hey— Please come. You know, we're we're trying to gather so that we can scatter and do ministry. And so it's like, you know, at that level, we're looking for those characteristics. Um, but oftentimes, like, oh, I don't want to do counseling because that's not. And it's like, no, like that's the that's the training piece, the equipping piece to inform your informal moments. So that's like so like in every facet of the church, from leadership to I mean, at the at, you know at the executive level, elder level, staff level, congregational level, it's. It's the one anotherings of scripture, and so it's like I think we 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 really really complicate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's I think sometimes it's just so I think it would be very beneficial. I think that's been part of the struggle, and I'm sure you'll yeah. probably talk about that, Robin. It certainly uh, was a struggle um, in my ministry. You know, when when I was on staff and as a pastor, um, man, it's difficult because the way that the congregation understands what it means to be the bride of Christ. Um, and then we, you, you and I have had, you know, these, you know, yeah. these contexts of conversation over just like, you know, talking about consumerism and discipleship and all that stuff. All of that speaks into what we're trying to accomplish through biblical counseling. Right. right. So again, th- there's a, there's a plethora of categories and concepts and connectors that we make to try to bring about the, the actual conversation of helping the body understand really in a robust manner the fullness and depth of what it means to be a believer, what it means to be a disciple, and how we take the gospel and the depth of the gospel to the brokenness. So when we say, we, you know, we'll, we'll throw our hands up and we hear from the public, ministers of reconciliation, amen. We're ministers, absolutely. What's that ministering look like? Is it just a, a one-step approach to, like, saying the sinner's prayer and, like, congratulations, you say, buddy? Again, I'm not saying anything against that, but there's we have a very reductionistic approach, I would argue, to ministering and salvation and, and, and bringing people to faith in a way where the Lord uses us as instruments to, to be a part of that work as ministers of reconciliation, that oftentimes it's, as you mentioned, Rob, it's, it's hearing their story. God has written history because it's his story— now, we're a part of that story, and the quicker we realize where we belong in that story, 
allows us to get to ministry a whole lot quicker. Mm. So anyway, yeah, so just no, how, and I think all that kind of relates to what you're it really, really does. Um, you know, there, I think we all kind of grasp the everyday discipleship, you know, we interact with one another, yeah. but it swings over to the other side. I've had counsel in my own life and, mm. and I love the counselors. And I think the big C church yeah. needs to have that collaboration together. Yeah. Um, and, but we can push so many. Wait a minute. We draw a line of where the problem. Oh, the the Bible. We don't say this. Right. Um, Jesus changes everything. We say. But then there's some problems. We're like, oh, but we don't handle that. Right. But just personally, I got to see that in my own life, where um, God used a, a, a counselor with a biblical worldview to help me, and I just saw. Oh, wait a minute. I got to a point where there, there's there's so much discipleship going in there that I saw like the handoff back to the church and Mm. wanted to be part of that. Um, And so that's, that's my passion. I get to do that. So where would you say you are now, Rob, just kind of with like, you know, obviously your journey Uh being introduced to biblical counseling as someone who needed counseling in a sense Mm -hmm. um, and where you were, you know, with the Lord and understanding discipleship and what it means to minister to people and all of that. Where would you say you are now, um, just with the the years and the hours and the time that you've invested and put in and prayed and spent time with people, where would you say you are kind of now in that, just in that movement and journey? Yeah, um, just the Lord's really burdened with me. I'm, I'm 56. I know some people say, <laughs> oh, you're young. and But I'm getting Must older. be that running because you don't look 56, brother. <laughs> I'm 56, and God has just done so much in my life to mature me, to bear the image of Christ more, to love him, depend on him and love others. And I've got to share that with my family and God used them to pour into me. And my kids still love the local church Mm -hmm. and their movie. And so I just want to be able, he's blessed me with the means to like, while I worked at IBM, I was able to do things and equip and uh, that I, others couldn't do. He gave me these blessings, these graces. And um, I really think whether it's out of fear and some other things, I've held them close. Yeah. Um, Been reading a book. It's called um, Revival Starts Here. It was about two and a half years ago. I I read that book. Uh, I haven't read that. I'll have to check uh, that out. It's a little thin book. It's just bottom line is movement. I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I just got to a point like, man, the Lord's been giving me so much. And yes, I've shared it, but do more sharing, like, and not with any name behind it. It's just like equip others with it. Right. Like, um, and so I, I think where I'm at is I just really want to make sure that uh, the Lord will do it, but the next generation is grasp what you're doing here with ABC and helping people see, um, you know, God's word, God's power through his people and just how that addresses everyday life situations. He uses it to bring him glory. And in the end, it's for our good because we were designed to be dependent on him. No, that's Um, good. That's really good. uh, Where I'm at, I think when we met about two and a half years ago, I think I just had this, this like, because I was seeing some things, I guess it's kind of the, the, like I'm strategic in a way, but I'm also, I'd love to execute as well. So I wanted to, I saw it and I wanted to execute on it. Yeah. But Michael, I was like trying to take control myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not the lead pastor. My dear friend is. Um, and so I was trying to take control of things. And that, um, I think when we met, what I 
realized at that time, and I didn't realize it right away, but things were not happening. But really, it was because I can see it now, as Laura's saying, not yet. Mm. Um, because you are getting in the way. You're trying to make these things happen. And that's where um, I didn't share it with people. Like so People close to me knew, but it was a kind of a two-year. I did a, a fast. I'd never done a fast mm. and prayer every Wednesday. Um, and that's where that book came into play. Mm. Um, and I just, Matthew 7 came into my, was like, you know, you're calling out the specs and all the, everybody else's eye, but how about your own plank? <laughs> and, um, but the end of that verse is just so that you can see clearly. Yeah. Um, and that period of time was where I entered into prayer and fasting and I journaled. I don't necessarily do that a lot, but boy, was that so fruitful to look back and see what God was doing first in me. And I was able to uh, see a little more clearly as a result of that. Yeah. Um, one of those things was, what do you, what can you do? Yeah. In front mm. of you. Um, mm. I've got more on that, but I just, I'll pause. No, that's, that's, no, that, that's good, man. Cause I think, um, you know, I, I can certainly relate to that. Cause I think early on, um, I certainly experienced that, you know, when I was on staff, but I think even before that, I experienced that to where just talking with pastors of churches and having conversations and them trying to understand biblical counseling and, um, seeming to not really be excited or motivated or passionate about the idea. As a matter of fact, sometimes it was like, nah, I don't do that as a pastor. And I would always be like frustrated, obviously, and I would be respectful. But I, but internally, though, there, there there really was an indignation that I that I had to do business with, kind of like what you're explaining, Rob. There was a there, there was a no, I need to I need to examine my own heart and, and realize that, OK, that's great. You see it. But how does how does mine kind of fit into kind of like a Nehemiah sort of uncomfortability where I can see it. So the Lord's stirring something, but I'm prematurely moving and acting mm -hmm. on it. And that's not really the purpose in which God had. And that's when he does business with us. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where his grace comes in. I, I'd say, you know, just by the spirit, I call it, you know, the spirit's gracious conviction of just like, and you know what, it's not condemning. And it's just like, you see, it's almost like, it's almost as plain and truth and absolute as when the when the the light of the sun shines on the things of the earth and you um, and I forgot I think it was C.S. Lewis. How do I know the sun exists? Because by its light I see everything else, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like that's that's the truth and revelation that the Spirit hits us with when it comes to that truth. It doesn't negate or take away the the reality of what we acknowledge and and see that like okay no there's a burden in me for this and that's good but it doesn't always necessitate that we act on it right now. And that's part of, as you mentioned earlier in the beginning of the podcast is, man, there's a dependency. Mm -hmm. There's a patience. There's a waiting on the Lord. I mean, the Psalms, I mean, just countless times. I think if I searched the logo, it's probably like over a hundred, uh, you know, verses where it's just waiting on the Lord and, and being patient. And, and I think that's the hard part for doers. You know, when you mentioned being, you know, I love an idea, but man, being able to execute it and see it materialize, Oh, there's some pretty like that. Yeah, that yeah, that makes us feel good. You know that that uh, that. I mean, there's exactly. some temptation in our pride there, but but th that is true of just being able to see. Because I mean, that honestly, and I've I've said over the years, just because um, I am a doer, 
Um, and when I experience something and I'm pierced to the heart on something that I see, it's like, I want to act immediately. Oh, that sounded pretty good in the background there. That wasn't a sound pad either. That was anyway, that was good. I'm gonna have to record that. But, uh, but no, seriously though, I just, uh, I think that's a good word, especially for those of you who, um, who I, I know I've talked to. Um, and then those of you who have actually, um, emailed us, um, and communicated with us and, and, you know, and ask questions about that. It's just, you know, you, you guys see the, for those of you who are out there and you know who you are, but you've asked those questions and you're, you're looking for direction. And, and, uh, I would just encourage you to not lose heart, um, continue to pray on it and, um, ask, continue to ask the Lord to bring people around you. Um, you know, and, uh, just, and just again, wait on the Lord, but it is sweet when you know his timing. Cause I don't know, maybe you were going to say that Rob, but I've certainly experienced, um, where like I would do things and I would experience a little bit of fruit, but it wasn't as sweet as the times where I know, like I did very little effort and Lord just put things in place. He moved in hearts. He moved circumstantially and he brought about a work and a fruitfulness that I know that I could not take credit for because of my work. Yeah, that's exactly, uh, in that two year fasting period, like I just let go. It's like, uh, you know, uh, gripping something, Lord, just saying, let go. Like I, I never said the words, well, if I don't do this, this won't, this won't happen, but I acted like it. Right. Um, and so inside I was angry and clutching. Nobody could tell on the outside. I'm an encourager, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's pretty what, tempered guy. Yeah. Uh, but that's what really, what was going on. It kind of gave me an indicator as looking at Galatians five and the mm. fruit of the spirit. I was like, no, this is fruit of the flesh. And that was the indicator of that. And so I started to loosen that grip. And um, the journaling, that's that's the piece. I was praying some bold prayers, and there is no way, like you said, the answers to some of those prayers had zero to do with me. And that I just was like, glory to God, like this, he, he's in it. And I started losing, like, loosening the grip and just, yeah. he got me to a point where I was just staring. Um, I have a good father who's loved me well, um, and so that helps me look. I loosen my grip and look to... My father in heaven say, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm following. And I'm glossing over like a, a two-year period, but <laughs> yeah. that, that's kind of what it was. Yeah. Um, so he did a huge work in me, but God was working upstream and in other places too. He was working in my dear friend's heart, leader of the church. Um, that was such a pe- tough period, COVID, uh, for the for the world, uh, but also for church leaders like the lead pastor, my dear friend, like getting pulled in so many different directions. And the Lord convicted him of, um, he's, he's humble. He told the staff, I'm looking at how people that I shepherd Lord's put in our flock here and we can't navigate life's problems in a godly way. And, and so he started reflecting on how am I doing with the public ministry of the word? How mm. are we doing, you know, yeah. Rob and others? Um, and just so God was working on him and in his timing, the, the public ministry of the word. And then um, he and I having discussions on if we're referring out, what's the worldview of the person we're hearing? Because I, I want it to be a biblical worldview. These are things that only the Lord did in him and in me and in other places in our church and that's the time where like right then i wanted to be like how about we do this this or this but then the lord just said what are some of the things that you're able to do now given where things are at um and that's where i started talking to you and shauna about okay how about i knew early on i want to get etlc uh equipped to council level two certified 
so that I could then go and train teams and build soul care. We'll talk a little bit about that in a bit, but build teams within the church. And the the software guy in me or the executor wants to like, I'm not going to move till I get all the steps figured out. But Lord, because of this time, was like, no, just take that one step. And so one of the things I did was just, I asked uh, my dear friend, leader of church, Donnie, I said, hey, could um, I just invite the staff in optionally um, for folks that would like to learn more? I said, our folks are going to get discipled one way or the other. Um, And as you have talked, Donnie, to our staff about God's word speaks to these life issues. Would you allow me, one, to have the time uh, to kind of meet with them monthly? Um, and for those that want to do it, and then we'll go through, I was, they weren't going through for certification on level one, but I kind of like an enrichment going yeah, through each one of those. Absolutely. So I, I videoed like, uh, sessions that were about 20 or 30 minutes teaching. And then, uh, so I invited them. I said, Hey, uh, if you would like to, uh, you know, look at how God's word speaks to life issues, um, I invite you into a year journey. Let's call it soul care. And if you want to do it, you just got to commit that you will um, watch the 30-minute video, read the article, and I would select one yeah. of the articles, yep. uh, and then uh, come to an hour-long application. We'll, we'll talk this out. Um, and we did that for a year. Man, and I think there's about 12 folks that <clears throat> came part of that. And that was, I mean, one for me, it just helped me become a better helper and equipper of others but we grew together and still like i got a a a youth guy that's just asked me recently hey we've got some interns coming on would you be okay of coming in during their internship could we do and it was a segment of that soul care thing and so we're doing a little piece of that there so there was the soul care stuff that i did with the staff um but then also i had a heart of like one way that was before me um, to help people see the discipleship continuum and biblical counsel and soul care was um, Donnie said, uh, I would love for you to meet with the staff, you know, help them out. So I just went to the lead team. I'm part of the lead team, and I invited uh, the guys there. I invited four in. I said, hey, would you like to meet one-on-one? It's optional, but just an hour, just you. Like, what's going on with you? How are you doing in ministry? How's your family? Like, and just kind of showing them, bringing it back to the gospel as mm. we're doing these things. And so I've done that, on a, and I'm about ready to expand that out. But through these things that the Lord said, like, look at what I've already graced you with, like yeah. the abilities, the opportunities, um, use those and allow my spirit and my word to work in that, those spaces. So that's, that's been a real um, fruitful time. Yeah, that's 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 awesome to hear. Yeah, that's that's a good work. That's a really good work. Um, but I think one of those things for those of you who are listening and kind of hearing with, uh, you know, just identifying maybe a little bit with Rob um, and what he's saying and sharing for those of you who might be in similar situations. You know, I think starting small, like because um, sometimes presenting, you know, level one certification. Uh, I've got a, a friend of mine um, who's a, an executive pastor here locally um, who you know, has had those similar thoughts where it's just trying to create a, a culture of soul care at the staff level, hmm. right? Um, but not starting at that level where you just take a, just a, 
like a level before level one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, just kind of introducing, like maybe even if it's starting with, uh, you know, Paul Tripp's instruments in the Redeemer's hands or um, loving messy people or how people change. Some of these other books that have been used, uh, I know at the seminary level, to just understand just, um, man, how people change, how the body of Christ changes, understanding sanctification and the reality of relationships and the dynamics therein and those sorts of things and kind of starting at that level, being intentional with maybe a couple of books and um, having some discussion time. And then I think something um, I think something you said, Rob, uh, you know, at least at the staff level, that I think that is key. And I've, I've heard a lot of people have these experiences where, you know, at the staff level, man, a lot of times they just show up and do ministry together. They don't like there's not they don't have very good relationships. And I think what what's missing in understanding the implication of the reality of that unfortunate situation is you're asking your people to have genuine, authentic relationships, and the very people you show up and do ministry with, you don't really have relationships with. And it might even be believable, but the reality is it's just it's not going to come out. It's not going to manifest itself because it's not at the root level. There's not going to be that fruit that you're speaking of and you know in the you know in terms of application, you know, and all the sermon points you make and you know from the pulpit. But at the end of the day, if you're not demonstrating that at the staff level, um, yeah, it's it it's going to be seen. The people that are really serving in your church and they're they're watching the staff and how they interact with each other and what do their relationships look like outside of a task or pulling off another Sunday or all these other things. So I just, I, I would encourage y'all and even what Rob's saying is that um, th- these are things that, um, you know, I think when you're, you're introduced to biblical counseling, the, these are observations and, and realities that you just, you, you don't really think of until you do. And then it is almost like it's uncomfortable and you, and you got to deal with it. You got to do business with that. Um, and oftentimes, you know, especially when you're dealing with people that have been on church staff for, you know, decade or longer. And, and again, I'm not hating on Sunday. I know like some of the conversations oh, no. that I'm getting, I'm like, I mean, I mean, that, that's a part of the means of grace that God uses. I mean, it's, it's very explicit in scripture to gather together and, um, you know, uh, I mean, that's just the means of grace, you know, it's the word and sacrament. It's, it's so, so all of that, even did not, you know, cross denomination. So I'm not taking away the pulpit. Right. But I'm also saying that it's got to be more than the pulpit. Um, and oftentimes I think that's what most people have experienced or even at the small group level or, um, you know. So anyway, so a friend that I was mentioning uh, here locally, just when he was introduced to biblical counseling and just kind of seeing this, like he realized the uphill battle of reculturing, you know, the church. And it you're right. It is. And I think that's that's the temptation, and that's where we have to pray against mm-hmm. is when we see things that are happening in our churches, when we're introduced to biblical counseling and the world of biblical counseling and the way that you hear Scripture being taught and relationships and the practical theology that you hear of being applied to the heart and the body and the mind and holistic care and all of these other concepts that are being uh, you know, new for the most part, and you realize, like, man— this ain't really happening in my church. That's going to be the temptation is you start pressing in and you're not getting the results that you want. So much like, you know, you're sharing, Rob, your story, you know, and I say, yeah. cause it's at the staff level yeah. and, and, and when it happens at the congregational level, um, people just get kind of, you know, fed up, exhausted, they grow weary and they just go somewhere else trying to find what's lacking at their church. And so I think, 
that's not really yeah, I mean there there does come a point where maybe that's the best thing to do, but more often than not you probably need to do your due diligence and try to just continue to be patient and wait on the Lord. Yeah, I just uh, just real yeah. quick on that. Um yeah, definitely there was a time and I've shared this with Donnie, he and I, I we, we have a <laughs> yeah. great friendship. There was a time that I thought I was going The conversation to got a little to, heavy. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I was going to have to go somewhere else, but um boy, Satan would have loved that. Um, because just looking back on what God did and me and others, our staff and the church, the area, um, no, he, uh, we ran to him. I ran to him in prayer. Um, and because of that, like these doors are opening right there at life point that then have, uh, uh, you know, reaching out from there to just connect people with follow finding Jesus, following, maturing in Christ, and then going and helping others do the same. And so those doors are opening and I'm excited about I went into Donnie uh, a couple of weeks ago with my five year plan written yeah. in pencil. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that knowing I, that was going to have to be erasing some things, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but just some real exciting things, and just you know picking up on some of the things already done and taking them to the next level. But I have dreams of like um, we're connected to church planning organizations in both uh, taking what God has brought us through and the holistic look at discipleship. Uh, both Donnie and I could go to some conferences and, and or to some orga- planting organizations and get some tracks in there yeah. to help get a better understanding here or discipleship.org. Great conference, but could we get some, you know, like focused, intense discipleship that that discipleship covers that too. God's word covers that. So yeah. anyway, just a lot of things in the next few years that I'm excited about. But again, all came because just getting on my knees and and praying and saying, Lord, this is yours. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I think in closing, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, because you mentioned discipleship.org and, you know, there's Robbie Gallaty making disciples. And when I was on church staff, um, and for those of you who don't know those couple of organizations that we mentioned, I'll put them in the show notes, um, you know, especially at the staff level, if you're at churches and you're at least wanting to start at the discipleship mm-hmm. space and realizing like, ah, we need to do more with discipleship. I think those will be some helpful tools. But I think even within some of those other organizations, and and not not to speak against them, uh, because they're you know they're they're focusing on the lane that they know that they clearly have and they do really well in. Um, but beyond discipleship, and I think this goes to a previous conversation, Rob, that you and I had uh, at, like over mm-hmm. a year ago, or maybe in our initial conversations, is when I was on staff. That was you know because I was I was entering into a staff position on church as a, as a discipleship pastor, already a biblical counselor. So my ulterior motive, when I say ulterior, meaning, okay, I'm, I'm presenting discipleship, but what I really want them to see and understand and know eventually about discipleship is the devotional reality that we have to each other um, and being able to apply the depth of the gospel to the depth of our own hearts so that we can rightly minister to others in the body. And then those, you know, and the secular world or wherever we are vocationally or wherever to where we are able to minister because we we truly cannot rightly minister to people if we haven't experienced the depth of the gospel because whatever you're ministering to is you're you're ministering to the very depth that you have within not to say that the holy spirit can't right, use it no, you beyond that. that but i'm just saying functionally speaking you're operating at the depth of the level that you have of the gospel mm-hmm. um and so Back to the discipleship piece is when when I was working on that, and I was telling you about this, is where I had D1, D2, D3, where one was about the disciplines, 
And a lot of discipleship, you know, the discipleship movement is about the disciplines, you know, memorizing scripture, meditating on it, all of that. Yeah. Yes. And amen. But what am I applying that stuff to? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, like if I'm, if I'm playing basketball or if I'm learning a discipline for a sport or a job, I'm learning those disciplines for an end goal and end result. And what does that mean spiritually? Well, the way we measure performance isn't the same. First of all, it's not our performance. It's God's work, not our work. So there's some difference there, but just understanding the disciplines are one part of it. They help promote and produce what God's already doing in Philippians 2, 13 and 14. You know, it's, it's his good pleasure to work in us. Uh, you know, we work out what he's working in kind of thing. Um, but moving and just kind of systematically growing in that process of and then discipleship where it's it's moving beyond the disciplines and understanding our doctrine and having great doctrine and knowing God and growing in, in the knowledge and grace of God. But then what's the purpose of growing in that knowledge and grace of God? It's conforming to the image of Christ for what sake? So that we can go and do likewise because at the end of the day, God doesn't need our good works. Our neighbor does. Thank you, Martin Luther. You know, but it, and that's kind of the idea. And so, what we're working in us, and that's what that's what biblical counseling does. Biblical counseling is really just if we were speaking, you know, in at the seminary level, it's practical theology. Right. You know, it's applying uh, what's already in us by the Spirit, but just like all of these things about God, and just like, man, what is that? What is that? What am I learning about my depression or my attitude or my desires? And I think that's where biblical counseling really focuses. So we've got a lot of compartmentalized Christians out there, you know, where they just, they've got great theology, but they don't know how to apply their theology to their circumstances or their own heart and, or not even realizing that they love their theology intellectually. But then when they have to submit to that experientially, they don't like it, you know? So, so all of those pieces are at work. That's why biblical counseling is important to kind of help in that holistic approach to go back to what you were saying. So those, those organizations that I mentioned with discipleship, they do a great job. I think that's a, those are great places to start. Um, but to move beyond that level of disciplines and doctrine is to then, okay. And what does the devotional level look like? Yeah. I think the practical theology, looking back, I think the staff loved the application part. Well, they, they needed the teaching and they did that, but then getting in a room, sitting around, like we're here at a conference table, uh, sitting around that and just starting to talk, what would it look like to actually play that out? I'm talking to somebody about this particular case. They're anxious or they're dealing with same sex attraction. How do you actually do that? The gospel can actually apply to that, but if you're not... Being intentional and trying to have those conversations and think through, which is the whole purpose, going back to a point in the conversation earlier, which is the the formal moments informing the informal. Mm-hmm. That's where that stuff comes into play. But if you're not sitting down and, and having intentional conversations, like how in the world does the gospel relate to same-sex traction or gender and sexuality? Yeah. Okay, that move be, that moves beyond chapter-verse. Right. You know, how do you exegete those things practically to help minister to the heart who's trying to receive the truth of that word? So. Yeah, it gives people a picture because they probably think it's exactly what you just said. Oh, here are a few verses and go study these. But when you can, when they see what it would look like and they see, oh, wow, it's conversing, getting to know and speaking the right word at the right time, prompted by the Spirit, uh, that just gave folks confidence. I think, oh, I'm starting to see this. And now they're modeling that in their conversations with their team leaders or parents. And then I get to come alongside of them. Sometimes they're like, I want to send somebody to you. I say, no, no, I'll, I'll coach you. 
and you stay there and I'll equip you at some point, maybe, but let's keep doing it. So it, it's just starting. Um, I guess they get a little confidence through that. So, and that's why I love with ABC, the level to the theology exam, the practical theology. I'm saving mine in the Good job, by the that. way. That was yeah, good work. Not, uh, uh, but just having that there, the point of it, and you guys are real clear, it's like that practical theology. How would you apply this to the counseling yeah, room, so it, to I your counselee? That. Uh, that's a, that, you know, that was a beautiful time. I loved it. It was hard, but I loved being able to go through it and I'm keeping it around. I'll use Thank you for your crap. patience and yeah, allowing no, 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 me to grade no, no. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what was it like 70 or 68 pages or something like that? Um, you did have a table of contents. I appreciated that. Usually in my submissions, I don't get a table of contents. Oh, okay. um, but uh, yeah, so what Rob's talking about for those of you who are wanting to know is uh, level two certification, uh, Rob mentioned that, you know, towards the beginning of the podcast. Uh, so there's level one, which is really just understanding and just trying to gauge a, really just a knowledge base, right, of biblical counseling. What is it? Um, trying to apply God's word to our lives. And, and again, to that point really quickly, a lot of believers who have been Christians for any number of years, a lot of them know scripture, but their struggle is is they wrongly apply the word at the wrong time, or they'll they'll have the right verse, but they're just they're not applying it correctly. So when Paul talks about season, you know, grace and season salt, and when he's kind of using you know the that terminology of like you know when you're bringing the truth or Ephesians four fifteen speaking the truth and love, those points, it's like that's when you know you're growing in the word when you understand how to apply the word, right? Um, and, and to me, that's kind of a, when we talk about walking in the spirit. To me, that's that's what that means in a sense. That's a, that's another application of it is, you know, knowing like you might have truth for somebody, but you know, is it the right time for, for me to speak this to them right now? You know, and, and, and knowing that, you know, I've got to come with mercy and grace and I do. And, and that's the thing. And, and that's what you learn in level one is, all right, once you kind of understand that, you know, the, the foundational pieces, the theological pieces, of course, and then the methodological pieces and part of the methodology is am I applying love the way that Christ would love? Am I applying discernment as the way that Christ would discern? Am I admonishing or exhorting? That's what we're walking away with. So, you know, when we actually compare it to modern psychology and diagnosing so that they, you know, prognosis, diagnosis, that sort of thing at the mental level, things like that, like that's where there is a clear distinction between what we're doing and what modern psychology is doing, and when we come from a biblical worldview and a biblical framework and how we're trying to apply that. So that's really just kind of a setup for level one. And then level two is actually growing in experience. So in level one, there is a, we call it a mini practicum, and that mini practicum, um, nine, ten sessions, um, some counseling journals. So you basically get some, um, illustratively speaking, you get some good sort of paradigm illustrations that you can use to understand the heart, understand sin, how it's applied, um, some of those foundational things. And then level two to what Rob is talking about here just now is um, it's basically level one times three in a way. In other words, it's it's a, it's another practicum, except it's a 100-hour practicum. It's 25 observing, 25 observed, and then you have 50 hours of supervision um, or you work with a counselor um, who you know, you're submitting your records to them, you're counseling notes and sessions, and then they're providing supervision and uh, feedback on, you know, what you could have done. Maybe you could have, you know, gathered a little bit more data here in order to provide this or what, whatever it is just to grow, uh, right, to provide that oversight. And then there's the the counseling exam, uh, which is really just on Jeremy's 
uh, book. And then I also have that in the show notes, but then, um, and then there's some counseling exercises and then the theology exam that Rob's really talking about, it's 35 questions. So it basically turns into about a 70 page paper because it's a, you know, um, you know, two page, no more than two pages, uh, to answer a question and what he's talking about. So when we ask, um, it's basically systematic theology and the eight categories of systematic theology of Orthodox Christianity and those, in those categories of doctrine, it's, let's say, you know, talking about theology proper, which is the doctrine of God. How do you apply the attributes of God, his omnis? How would you explain the omnipresence and omniscience of, of God, the father, um, to, to, to your counselee? And it's very, you know, conversational. And so what I appreciate about your paper and others was, you know, they would, the question of, um, or like, say, for example, um, you know, when you get into uh, the doctrine of Christ or Christology, let's say you're talking with, well, it's, we're, we're, we're men here, so we use that. So you're talking, you're counseling Tom in your paper. And I think you had like seven different counselees, uh, but it was good though. It was cool. You switched it up. I appreciated that. Um, but let's say you're counseling Tom and you get to that point in the paper. And at this point you've already addressed theology proper. You've talked about the, you know, you've talked about the word and how authoritative it is. You've talked about God's attributes and then you're getting into Christ and Christ alone and you're getting into salvation and you're getting into, so let's say Tom struggles with because of how he grew up and, um, the denomination he went to or so these, uh, social, uh, constructs around him and environments, you know, mediated and influenced a little bit of his understanding of God. Um, and let's say he struggled with salvation. And then you would, you know, and so you would write about, oh, Tom, we've been talking, and you said how you've struggled with uh, thinking like you're losing your salvation because you're not seeing any fruit or you don't think you're seeing fruit. Well, let's talk about adoption. How You know, and so that's kind of how it's... it's I love that you said be conversational. Don't just... You didn't yeah. say this, but I was hearing, don't just spew information. Uh, engage as if somebody's sitting across yeah. from you, and how would you do that? And so it was good to be able to do that. We had two pages, so <laughs> kind of let give you glimpses into just a little yeah. space of that. But you forced me to think about that. It was very, uh, it was beneficial, but it's going to continue to be fruitful. Yeah. And so, just to bring the conversation yeah. full circle, right when we're in the local church, we're wrapping up. Man, forty-seven minutes. Yeah, this is a good podcast. We'll have to make this a couple parts. It's all, it's all good. Um, but I think that's one of the. I'll say this. It's I want to say it's a selling point, but it's certainly an incentive and encouragement. So when if you're one of those people, pastors, uh, women in ministry for women's ministry, wh- whatever context you find yourself in, where you're hearing this, um, where you're saying, "Oh man, I, I, w- I would love to to get this applied in in our church," and uh, man, present to them the certification. Not like you have to be certified, because we've had people uh, here locally at our church where they've gone through certification, not to be certified, but because they're small group leaders and they just want to be better small group leaders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they want to minister to the people that are coming to the, into their homes and they're trying to do life with, and they're trying. You know, so there's a lot of different ways to apply it. But if if that's you, just know that this is a good way to talk to your pastor and just again. Plant those seeds, drip on them a little bit of just like, hey, here's here's level one, and here's kind of level two, and here's kind of the progression of how we could actually use this in our church in a form of discipleship, right? Teaching them all that I've commanded you, right? Yeah. That I mean, that's really what you're doing. And then you get to the one another's of Peter and Paul and the epistles, and that's really what we're walking out, and yeah. it's in a very formal way. Exactly. To inform the informal. So any any remaining thoughts, Rob? Uh, no, I just want to, early on you said, you know, you talked about reaching out and to the folks you just spoke to. You were there for me, you know, like, and I got to talk with you. So 
that that may be a big step. You said, oh, go talk to your pastor. Or if you want to call me, (laughs) reach out to me. I mean, the point being, no, reach out to somebody. And what you'll find is, you know, one, they're going to help equip you to, to, hey, think of this. Maybe this this is a way you can do it. Or they're going to think like this, so speak here. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, yeah, reach out. No, that's good. That's good. Well, Rob, thank you for being with us here on Speak the Truth. We appreciate you. And, uh, man, I'm hoping one day we can uh, be sitting here with the Roadcaster Pro and uh, sitting in LifePoint, huh? Oh, that would be awesome. Having, Having a podcast, that'd be awesome. Anytime. All right, good. We'll see you guys later.